Hello and welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. I'm David Fraser. This is the final Open All Ours of 2018. I am. There's four of us around the table today. Not one of them is Paul Finney. Uh, some of you may sigh in relief. Some of you uh, may cry in frustration, but he can't be with us. But I'm sure he will be interfering via text message nevertheless. Um, so with me tonight uh, is Mark Davis. Hello. Good evening, Mark. Um, John Sharp. Hello. Good evening. And author, journalist, Christian Walmart. Hi there. Hello. And I understand I'm the only one around the table who is not involved in transport and railways. Is that correct? It yes. is. <laughs> yeah. I, I write about railways. Uh, um, Paul. Uh, John, you John, John, work I'm, for I'm, railways. You work on the railways and the communication. And I work in trams, so it's all public transport. Very good. Which we won't be talking about That's tonight. There... There marks the end of the transport chat for this evening. Uh, but what we all are, of course, is QPR fans. So um, before we get on to the business of um, talking about Saturday and talking about the Christmas period and, and re- I guess, a bit of a review of the year, because I am going to ask you gentlemen to name your highlights, lowlights uh, of 2018 and your Christmas wishes. But before I do that, um, very quick thank you to Sean McArdle for the beers. Um, tonight and a reminder of anyone if you want to interact with us please do on twitter at qpr pod um, and you can listen to all our old episodes if you go to our website at qprpod.co.uk that is it let's get on with the football chat so um, we haven't done a podcast for a couple of weeks but we are talking to everyone on the back of a win a very wet win um, we were we, everyone was there i take it and and before we talk about the actual game, I saw someone on Twitter say that was comfortably in my top five wettest slash coldest home games, mm. which I agree with. I think it's in my top one. It to was terrible, wasn't it? That was, that was, I think, the worst conditions that I've seen. Brentford, a couple of games before that was bad, but Saturday was wet and cold and windy. The, the worst triumph that you can think about. It was terrible. It was constant, Throughout the whole 90 minutes, constant rain, 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 and cold, as you quite like. But we won. But, but we won. won. It always makes you feel better, doesn't but it? But also, those, are, those who are listening who were in the upper loft, the turnstile to the upper loft, obviously the, the ground is not level, and there was a, whatever you want to call it, a pool of water up to your ankles as you went in the turnstiles, which meant everybody in the upper loft had wet feet for the entirety of the game. actually. <laughs> I quite like they slide around and... I thought it was refed really well, actually. I mean... Uh, well, Tony Bulis didn't think so, but we yeah, think so. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know what his problem was. Let's not get on to Tony Pulis, because we could spend the whole time just slagging him off. But uh, I thought the ref did really well, because they were in his face the whole time, and he was just ignoring them. I mean, maybe, you know, he made one or two mistakes. I think they probably they possibly should have had a penalty, but hey... Um, and uh, he, he let them off a couple of things when actually he should have booked them. But on the whole, he handled it really well, didn't he? I think so. I think so. What, what did you guys think? There was a couple of changes enforced. I mean, that they worked because we won. Um, 
which was cousins for Cameron and Furlong for Rangel or Rangel, um, seem to seem to work and do the trick, Mark. I, th- I think Cousins had his best game first for a while, actually, didn't he? I mean, I think um, he is always a different type of player to what um, to what Cameron is, um, and I think actually he played better when he switched to right back. I thought he played particularly well there. Um, I, th- I didn't think Furlong had a great game at right back, but I think when he moved to centre half, he actually played quite well and 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 dealt with the giants of 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 the Pulis, uh team uh, as well as you could have hoped. Actually, um, you know, I think everyone saw it coming when when Lynch was clearly late for his appointment at Trailfinders, uh, so so went down hurt, and so uh, we then wonder who on earth is going to be going at centre back. And I actually thought, well, I can't think who's on the bench to do it. Who's he going to bring back? And then then he brought Furlong inside, and I think he did particularly well. So. So yeah, it was it was a good performance, and and I think we dealt with, and I had to look this up. I had to look up the collective noun for giants today, because I wasn't sure what it was. And apparently, it's percussion. What? Well, I didn't. It's a percussion of giants, and I thought we dealt with the percussion of giants particularly well. How would you get to percussion? I I I I was actually more impressed with Furlong than you were because his heading ability is amazing. He's not that tall actually, but uh, he's a great head of the ball, but. It's a bit strange that McLaren didn't have any defenders on the bench. Uh, I mean, where where was Hall? I mean, I think you know, injured again. A lesser, lesser, yes. A sight of Hall is uh, uh, ought to get some sort of uh, Clive prize. Um, and uh, you know, how what, what happened to Baptiste? He's a perfectly reasonable centre half. I mean, he's not he's not great, but he did a job last year in several games. And it can't be availability of defenders. There has to be. Someone who can go on the bench as a defender. And it seems I'll, I'll admit to completely forgetting about Baptiste. I genuinely <laughs> forgot he was at the club. He played uh, a lot last year. He did, yeah. but uh, you're right. I mean, you look at the bench now, and, and it took an age as well to get the, the substitution as well, didn't it? And you can argue that cost us uh, the goal as well. If we had level on the pitch, would we have defended that free kick as badly as we did? But, you know, it is what it is. But you're right, not having a, a centre-half available was a bit strange. Uh, John, I wanted to ask you about Pav. Let's call him Pav, because I mispronounce his surname. Um, goal, one goal, one assist. Yeah, he's playing, he's playing really well, especially at home. I mean, I think all his goals this season are at home. Um, away from home, I think he but gets it. He will be at the school end as well, don't he? Possibly, yeah. possibly. But I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure, though, all his goals are at home. Away from home, I think he gets a little bit lost. Um, but at home, he's terrific. I mean, especially... When we play the four four two, four four two. When we, we like we play at Loftus Road, it's fantastic to see him down that right hand side, angle angle behind him, or now Furlong. It looks yes, the right hand side looks decent. Mm. It really does. Um, but it's good to see him going to go and score a goal as well. I mean, he's a good player. There's uh, something I want to know about Pav. Does he speak English? He does. I how he how does, well so. does he speak English? Because he didn't do it. He, when he did an interview, he actually did it for a translator. I mean, I love Pav. I think, you know, there's a bit of Mark Lazarus about him, actually, as, as somebody said in the, in the fanzine, and I quite agree with that. <laughs> all of you are too young to remember Mark Lazarus. Well, in which, some, what way is he like Mark that, Lazarus? Just then? the way he kind of can charge down a flank and, yeah. and uh, just 
He, he, there was one, I, I sit in uh, Ellerslie Road, and there was one run in the second half where he must have run 60 yards with the ball, and they never nearly, you know, they were never near him, right? And when you have the ball, you're at a disadvantage. You ought to run slower. They ought to be able to catch you up. And he just, he just ran straight to His finishing isn't always of the best, although he has scored some good goals in his time. Um, and sometimes his final ball is not as good as it ought to be. Mm-hmm. There was one that should have gone to Matt Smith towards the end that would have given us 3-1 but I'm glad they didn't because I won 180 quid <laughs> did you really? I oh, had 20 quid at 2-1 to 2-1 uh, nine, 9 to 1 180 quid which incidentally I couldn't collect straight after the game because they closed the, the booth well, they flooded it <laughs> <laughs> no they just closed it out of principle because they're worried about security apparently right. uh-huh. so you have to wander off but anyway I got my money so uh, I was glad he didn't score a third, didn't create or score a third goal. But I thought Pav, Pav was man of the match. Maybe Wells was Maybe man of the Wells. match. Maybe you know was, Leisner was brilliant in defence. Mm. A, a bit of an unsung hero at the moment for me. I don't know if you actually you agree, but Jake Bidwell yeah. from the left no, back, yeah, right. he is playing superb. He I mean, set up the first goal, he didn't he? Did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he, it's weird when he played left wing back last year. Wasn't half as effective as he was at left back, and became further forward. Now he's playing left back than he was at left wing back, and that sounds a really ridiculous thing to say. But he's actually bobbing forward, getting balls in the box. He's actually linking up really well with Freeman. I, I, think. I think it's shown actually with Bidwell in that we've had a proper fullback on the right hand side yeah. with Rangel, uh, and and I don't think it's any coincidence, is it? And I think it's probably been spoken about before that ever since he turned up our defence has looked a lot more organised. Yeah. And I'm fairly convinced and willing to be you know, shot down on this, but I'm convinced that Bidwell has become a better left-back because we've had a decent right-back to show that. how it does it, how it works. Our defence is so much more organised. I think I, I, maybe I'm looking at this on such a base level and so one-dimensionally, but we now have two big talkers in there, or up until this week, until Rangel got injured. Rangel doesn't shut up mm. and Lumley doesn't shut mm. up. And if you compare, in a good way, and if you compare that to last year, they had a pretty no, quiet right. defence. You know, Smithy's great keeper, of course, uh, uh, you know, thought the world of him like everyone else did, but wasn't the biggest shouter. Cross, uh, you know, Anua didn't communicate or uh, that we could see that much. Um, Robinson, perhaps not as loud. And this year, they just seem to be mm. screaming and shouting at each other the whole time. And that has to help with the organisation. I, I think you're right. And the other thing that I think the experience has brought in, uh, forgive me for calling it this, but it's a shithousery. It's, you know, that, uh, you, look at, you look at Lumley now when, you know, when we're trying to run down the clock and, and the, the, the ball boy throw him the ball and it will hit his knee and run away and it takes a bit longer to do that. That comes with experience. And he's picked that up from Rangel and others like that because they know what they need to do to win a game. And I think we've become more organised. You're right. Lumley has been a revelation as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you're right. You know, everyone misses Smithies. I'm sure he's keeping that bench very warm at Cardiff Ooh. and I'm sure he's not regretting that move at all. <laughs> but, you know, Lumley has been tremendous. Uh, and, and I think that's, that can only be good for us in the future. And at some point, you know, because we are the sort of club we are now, where we have to command fees for people, he's another one. Hopefully we'll get more for him in the future than we did for the Smithies. But he's another one that we can continue to nurture and hopefully do us right when, uh, when the time comes to sell him. But I do believe continuing playing a system of 4-4-2 constantly. You think back to last season. I mean, we went three at the back, 
we played four at the back and then we played centre half all over the place. At one game, I think we had like four centre halves in the four positions yeah. with Baptiste as well. So to play the players in the right positions at the four four two system, I think it's suiting us down to the ground. And you know, hats off to McLaren for doing yeah. that. Is it not four four one one? Is I, a yeah, possibly. Bit. Is a I mean, bit, I, yeah. possibly, kind of, yeah. I kind of get kind yeah, of confused by all this. E- ease is a bit behind. But when it, we, when it's we have... the four four bit that's yeah, important. Yeah, four four one one four four two four four something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, you they, give it, or you can even call it four one three two yeah. if you want. Yeah, yeah. So we've got cameras. They so, always but... just go back to that when things are not going right, don't yeah. they? But you're so right about. I think you made a really important point about how the fact the wing back system. Bidwell didn't even run as forward as well, and yet somehow playing four four one one or whatever you want to call it works better. He's playing what you know, and he's yeah. been a left back all his career. He never was a left wing back you know, in a million years, and so he's playing what you know, left back what he knows, and as Mark says, playing with an experienced right back as well in tandem, they're looking fantastic together. I think that's going forward, it's the way forward. Can we talk a little bit about how Middlesbrough are just awful? I mean, just beyond awful. I mean, I, you know, with all that talent, with all those good players. Thing I is, mean, though, a lot more awful than they should have been, for yeah. sure, yeah. But how many times this season have we actually thought they're awful? But is it, are they that awful? Or can we give us credit? Because I think we are improving. I mean, I look at, look at the, I their defence. they were bad. Yeah, they were bad. <laughs> yeah. No, they were bad. They were bad. I mean, you look at um, their defence. Um, is it Aidan Flint they've got in the back? Yeah. yeah. Every single time we've played against him in the past, he's looked like the best defender in the world. You know, but this time, a bit of pace, a bit of movement, he looked like he had yeah. concrete football boots on. He couldn't cope. He, he, couldn't cope. he always, I don't think he does, but he always seemed to score against us as yeah, well. Yeah, but, but you're right, they, 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 looked, they looked poor. I think the, the weather was a bit of a leveller as well, actually. But, mm. I, you know, I think... He's used to it up what, <laughs> uh, <yeah>, OK. Uh, <laughs> they won't um, be listening, it's uh, fine. Yeah, that's right. I, you know, I, I didn't actually notice Downing until he got subbed. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, didn't, I didn't know he was on the pitch. He made one um, run. You know, that, that was that. I think, you know, Pudis playing a couple out of position helped yeah. as well. You know, their, their striker he played out on the left-hand side, he was Asam, fairly ineffective. Asambalonga. Yeah. Glad you pronounced that. I couldn't. You know, I, I think, you're right, we played well, but they were poor. Mm. But you think, I mean, in previous seasons we've played Middlesbrough, they've always had, like, wingers as well with a lot of pace. Charlie always a lot of wingers. I thought they were really pedestrian. They really were. And they were so one-dimensional, i.e. typical Pulis. Pulis, exactly. Yeah, that's the problem. If you look at the wingers they've had, that was when that Karenka was down there yeah. as manager. And he isn't. He's the complete opposite to Pulis, I think. So, you know, I think it's about how they were set up. I think it's a combination of their setup, the poor weather, and how well we played, I think, and we got the result. Uh, how concerned should we be with the injuries that were announced last week? Uh, Cameron and Ran- Rangel... Uh, Ra- Ra- who, who, by the way, we've said this before. Apparently, his name is one hundred percent Rangel, not Rangel. Rangel. But it doesn't bother anyone. We'll just continue <laughs> with Rangel. Uh, eight weeks, and I, I, I couldn't actually catch how long Cameron's out for. If they've even, said I don't it. think they've said it. They, no. um, it seemed we seemed to be okay on Saturday, but those two have been pivotal to our our last sort of twelve weeks or whatever it is. I thought, uh, I, I thought cousins in that centre midfield, actually done a fantastic job on Saturday. His mobility, I mean, maybe because he was playing against Middlesbrough, who were quite slow in midfield, but I thought he actually done a decent job screening that back four. Um, he played a right-back as well, actually. He did, no, he did, he did, he did. But, yeah, I mean, he proved it before at right-back, but I think in centre midfield, 
I would say he's up there in his top three games he's ever played for us. I think we're going to miss him. You know, I, I think we've played so well with them. Cameron's done that job just in front of the, the centre half to, to you know to try and protect them and mop stuff up. You know, it's it's no coincidence that we we went on our best run. You know, when he became fit and started playing some some games. So I think he's a big miss. Um, now this is an opportunity now for Furlong, isn't it? At right back. You know, I think we all accept that there's probably a really good player in there. Um, and now it's his time to, to step up and, and let's see how really good he is. I think we've got a relatively easy run over Christmas. We've got oh, a couple of uh, oh, famous last words. Remember what happened. Famous oh, last edit words. that out, edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've got, uh, we're not playing anyone in the top two over Christmas. No. Um, and so it gives, you know, Ferling a chance to get his feet back. Um, and see how he does at right back. You know, we know he's a good player. He's now got a chance to cement that space. And what, sorry, go on. And sorry, and Scoen. Scoen is the other key player. I mean, what, what happened to Scoen this year? I mean, last year he was fabulous. And right from the beginning of this year, and then uh, I saw him at Blackpool, um, which I will return to later. So um, we and, may both return to right, it. Right, and, yes. and he <laughs> seemed to be on a, a mission to kill somebody. Because he, he fouled five times in the first 25 minutes. And uh, we were all shouting, take him off. And McLaren did after 25 minutes because he was going to get sent off. Mm. Um, uh, and he, he played all right on Saturday, actually, when he came on. Um, uh, he's playing a bit further forward. But what? Yeah, that's thing so, so McLaren has been, was quite open at the start of the season. He said something like, I have... Five midfielders who are all number sixes, which is actually which was a bit of an insult to all of them, but I think he meant it. As in, I've got five midfielders who are all generic minded. midfielders that I don't know what to do with, and I've got to shape them into something. And I think he thought, I think he thought the only midfielder who was distinctive was Freeman. Uh, and I think Scowen has sort of, I think Scowen has probably been target number one for him. Um, kind of doesn't really know what to do with him, doesn't appear to have a role. Maybe now, kind of three, four months coaching under his belt, he will come out. But I thought it was telling he didn't put him in the team, but he put Cousins instead. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, you think last year he played in that holding position for Holloway, in that holding central midfield role throughout. I think he personally looked like he wants to play further forward. And then unfortunately, at the start of the season when he was in the team, I think he was getting too far forward and exposing the back four. So... I think that's why McLaren pulled him out, got Cameron in, and I think he shored the team up straight away. But I think that's the thing with Scal, and I think he, looking at how he performed, and how I, I believe he actually wants to play a bit further forward, you know, a bit more attacking. Just to return to the Furlong point, I think not only will it be an opportunity for Furlong, it's an enforced opportunity for McLaren and the club to play him because we can't be QPR about it. We can't go out and get someone. We can't sign a loan right back... They have to play him. So like it or not, if he stays fit, he's getting four, four games between now and the Leeds Cup yeah. tie. Uh, and he's, he won't be dropped. And so it's kind of not... I don't know if sink or swim is the right phrase, but it's very un-QPR in that he's now got the time and space to sort of cement his, his, yeah. his, his, you, his role. You, you hope as well that actually in training he's learnt stuff off of Rangel as well. You know, working with with better players and, and, and proper right-backs, you hope that he's learned some, some stuff as well. Uh, and so, look, time will tell, won't it? You know, between now and the Leeds game, we'll see if we've got a proper right-back on our hands. And I think we have. 
It's just that he's got a chance. He's got to take it with both hands. I did have on my original notes, it's kind of January, transfer window. But we can't sign anyone. We can't even sign a loan, can we? I think, I think we can, we can can't we? Yeah, it's we can it's complicated. I'm going to get this wrong, I'm sure. But I think we can sign someone if someone goes out and right. then the person who comes in is on 60% of the wages yes. that he was on. Yes, yeah. So I think we can... Which is why this, you know, this stuff about Adele that surfaced on social media in the last week, you know, was quite interesting. Um, you know that that people think that he is now available and uh, and we want to um, to sign him again. So, look, so, I, I, so I mean, presumably then I don't. Hamed's got a knock, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. presumably if he's got any sort of long term knock, you would send him back because he's going to be on big money because players in the Premier League are on a million and a half pounds a year whatever it is, 30 grand a week. So therefore, you could, if you sent him back, for example, you could sign someone at 60% of it. I think it's 75%. Someone. I'm sure I'm sure I read it was 75%. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sure if, if I ask you a hypothetical question, given that we're not all 100% on the rules, let's say we can bring in a player or two in January by hook or by crook, what sort of player would we be looking to bring in? <laughs> I would say another forward, especially if you consider that Silla's gone on the, uh, the missing list. You don't know where he's gone. He's obviously not in his plans. He's going. Matt Smith, I mean, are we, have we gone past Matt Smith? You know, Look, other, I, I, mean, I think it, Matt Smith is what Matt Smith is. He's, yeah, he he's, does a job. He's plan B, which sounds minute, insulting. Last five minutes centre-half as well, to he, be honest. He is a good, a really good plan B striker who was not played in that role previously. If, if you think back to Saturday, I know though, the, like, the, last, the last couple of minutes, did you see that Naki Raj was walking around with a bit of an injury? And my first thought was, if he's injured, we are stuffed. Because if you think about it, if Hemed's injured and Naki Raj is injured, well, who have we got left? Depends how long no, Hemed's injured for. I mean, well, Ote has been knocking them in. He knocked one in apparently today again in the yeah, yeah. mm. under-23s. I mean, he's been knocking them in uh, for fun. Uh... You know, he's not the finished product, but he actually played a few games last year and scored on his debut, as everybody does. Um, you know, we, we, we're, that's where we're at at the moment. We, we might have to, uh, you know, bring in the youth players. And would that be so terrible? I mean, we're, I mean with honesty, I, I hope we might scrape into the playoffs, but we probably won't. And we're certainly not going to get relegated. I mean, we've already got 31 points. I mean... You know, it would take an appalling run for us to get relegated. So, you know, this is a transition season. Um, blooding the youth uh, is not a bad idea. I think they're going to do that, yeah. They've got yeah. to. You know, yeah. we've, got, we've got plenty of forwards in the teams. You know, Smith, you know, with the, the Irish Smith is, is there. You know, he, he hasn't had much of a look in. Um, completely different player to, to Naki Wells, clearly. But, you know, I, I think we've got forwards at the club. It's just throwing, back to that point with, you know, we're going to have to throw them in and, and see how they go because we simply can't go out and sign mm. the big players again. No, I agree. Uh, right, let's turn to... This is the last podcast of the year. So we won't do... In the spirit of sports personality of the year, which was the sort of snooze fest that everybody watched the other night we're going to do a very small review of our year i've asked you all to have a think about your qpr highlight of 2018 your qpr low light and your christmas wish let's let's get the bad stuff out of the way first 
have a feeling, Christian, that you've trailed your low light already and that it's the same as mine. <laughs> um, I'm afraid so. So go, go, let's go with your low lights first. That is undoubtedly, it's a QPR all-time low life. I mean, it which was, was... Which was Blackpool. Blackpool away, where uh, just... I mean, the town is such a sad place because... To get there, we walked along the not the seafront, but one street back from the seafront. The seafront is still quite great, actually, and I mm-hmm. walked along it the next day. I stayed in a place that cost £25, and you can imagine what that was like. No breakfast. But the game was just a disgrace. I mean, we were terrible from start to finish. We just couldn't pass the ball. I mean, it was just a astonishingly bad I mean we just didn't put two passes together you know we, we started getting at McLaren who was on the same side of us we were this little group of, of 500 QPR supporters who probably outnumbered the home supporters um, and we just we bet we created one chance on goal early on when chair had a pot shot and that was it mm. you were there as well I wasn't there oh you were I wasn't there. there but that is my low light of the year not not for slightly different reasons or pro- although probably the same reason if you looked at it i felt that i felt it was almost unforgivable at the time certainly what mclaren did to give up on the chance of i mean blackpool played arsenal you know i don't know if we would have had the same pot number but probably so we would have played arsenal away to arsenal which you know it was... happens to be on my doorstep but, you know, it would be a good game. It was yeah. such a miscalculation. Just, I couldn't understand it. So he yeah. made nine changes. Yeah. And, and this Scurred now... was... Scurred was... <laughs> so, so, so for all, all the chat at the time that McLaren justified himself by saying, I didn't field a team to lose, I fielded a team to win, they're a strong team. How many of these players have we seen since in the first team, get near the first team? Matt Ingram, no. Grant Hall, no. Jordan Cousins, Josh Scowan, Alex Baptiste, no. Matt Smith, Elias Chair, Pavel played, Bright Asay Samuel, uh, Hammerlinen and Osman Kakai, and Sean Goss came on. I mean, do you remember him? (laughs) It was such a miscalculation of McLaren. It was so disrespectful. It was so misunderstanding of a club and the fans for whom actually progress in the cup means quite a lot. I thought at the time that was more... The four defeats on the spin at the start of the season, you can forgive. You can forgive because you presume the manager's acting in good faith and he just got it wrong and he changed it. But that, for me, at the time, I'm still not over it. And to have travelled there, I mean, there were 500... I mean, OK, it wasn't an enormous number, but we travelled up there. I I rarely go on a Twitter rant. (laughs) That was one of them, um, that night. Uh, And we've won the competition, for crying out loud. You know, know, you're right, we could have played a big team. That very night, Derby were playing United? Yeah, Yeah, they won. And they won? They won won on Pets. Man United, you know, hey, but... They took it seriously. They put a strong team out. Uh, it, uh, we're speaking on the day Mourinho's been sacked. He always takes the cup seriously. Hmm? Every, every team he's ever managed puts out a good team. Don't know why everyone else doesn't do that. What's he going to do for Leeds? Strong he's team. got to put out a strong team. 
I think. I, I mean, I think there'll be fewer if he doesn't. I think he. I think he brought that subject up at the fans forum. He did, and yeah. he actually he said, dare now. "No, he exactly." Sure. He said, "If he, he, he would play," he said, "It's team. different because it's on a Saturday and it's all part of the." Re- it was a slightly odd <laughs> argument, but yeah. Uh, Mark, your low light. Um, so uh, yeah, I had Blackpool on the list. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure someone else is going to talk about West Brom as well. So I won't do on that, except that I was in Singapore at the time. Uh, I turned my phone off as the flight departed when it was 1-1 thinking that would be a decent result <laughs> only to land uh, <laughs> and the apocalypse happened um, but my low light actually um, is the passing of Ray Wilkins actually um, because you know footballers you know come and go uh, and um, he was the first one first footballer that's, that's passed away that I actually felt a connection with mm. only because um, you know, I've seen him play at, at, at QPR. Um, I met him at the golf day a couple of years ago, um, where he was an incredibly nice... Everyone says he's an incredibly nice guy. Mm. He is, he was, genuinely. But that was the first football that I can remember that I actually felt genuinely sorry when he passed away. Um, and, and it made you start thinking about all the times you saw at QPR and all the decent games. It was a low light for me, you know, and I know he transcended more than just us as a club yeah. but I thought that was just a low light uh, for, for this year for me John your low light as Mark just mentioned I mean great sentiment about Ray Wilkins 100% agree but West Brom 7-1 oh, it was painful I mean 1-1 at half time as you said in the game looked like you got a chance half decent result you know we're in the game second half it was like schoolboys. It was awful. I mean, they were even calling their mascot, he's too good for you. That's how the, bad we were. The, the bo- fridge, the, bo- the, yeah, boiler, the boiler, the boiler, yeah. yeah. That's how bad we were. And mm-hmm. it was, 7-1 flattered us. I'm not lying to you. <laughs> it was that awful. I mean, it was just chance after chance after chance. And it was, it was painful to watch. And, yeah, the only good thing was, I think it forced people to get players in um, at that yeah. point. That's the only thing it did. We'd have got a result there, one all. I'm not too sure we would have got the player what we got in. But, yeah, that's my low point. Finney, I've asked Finney on WhatsApp for his. Finney's was losing at West Brom and losing again to Brentford and the price of cider in South Africa Road. <laughs> uh, John, your highlights, your highlight of 2018. OK, it's a bit of a weird one. I thought about it. And for me, my highlight was beating Wigan 1-0. Because okay. that, that sort of signified the start of a new dawn for us. We actually looked a decent team. If you remember, we had Naki Wells and Hemed playing. And we actually looked like, for the first time, in a, even back end of last season, we actually looked a decent side. You know, Wigan were going well at the time, I believe. They were up there and we looked, we looked decent. And I like that. And we, we had two strikers in the pitch. Again, yeah, we were fantastic. So they had, um, result that day. And I thought we looked really, really well, they will. Christian? I'll tell you a little story here. I got my wife interested in coming to QPR, and she got a season ticket. Oh, well done. How can the rest of us do that? I know. Well, I, she's <laughs> great. Great woman. Yeah. And then she got actually slightly lost interest, and they didn't get a season ticket for the next season, which happened to be the Warnock season. And I persuaded her that Derby was on the way back from her mother in North Wales, Right. And we were playing Derby away. And somehow, she's not great on geography, so somehow we slipped in to watch the Derby away game, which, yeah. of course, you know, 
we scored two goals in the last minute and she was hooked and has been hooked ever since, right? She just suddenly, we were standing in the away game, we were hugging, you know, spotty boys that we didn't know who they were. We were just cheering when that uh, uh, Mackie, Jamie Mackie goal went in, right? So my high point this year has to be scoring two goals in injury time against Brentford because ah. that's absolutely, you know, history kind of repeated itself, you know, that... Uh, you know, we managed to scrape something out of, of nothing and it brought all the memories of Derby and my wife, who now is a season ticket holder, as keen as me, goes when I can't go uh, and goes when I go as well, but, uh, you know, absolutely loves it, uh, you know, watches for the results when we are in odd places and so on, you know. So uh, in memory of the Derby game, the Brentford game. Can I read a pair of bad news? Yeah. I think that was last year of 2017. What, the Brentford game? Yeah. Was it not in this calendar year? No, I don't think it was. I think it was November, October. Because that was when we had um, Holloway first rant about people leaving early. Uh, it was, you could it? be right. That, 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 the Holloway rant was on my list of lowlights, and I looked it up, and it was November 17. Oh, I'm disqualified then. You're, don't worry, though. It was, it, was, it was never, you know, more or less the same, same year, year, more yeah. or less. Um, my, highlight, my highlight is Angel Rangel. I just think he's had a total galvanising effect on the club, the supporters, the team the defence since he's come. I think he embodies everything that you want in a footballer, which is to work hard, to work hard, to be good at what you do, to be organised, to be selfless. And he's, he's, he's given everyone an energy about him. And you're right, after the, you're right, John, after the West Brom defeat, we then went out and signed all those players and perhaps... A secondary highlight of mine would be those few that sequence of a few days when we signed Cameron, the two lads up front, and Rangel because I think that's made all the difference. But this guy, on and off the pitch, as they say, because he's he's a good guy off the pitch and does a lot for kind of good causes. I just think as sort of there's a touch of the Clint Hills about him, mm-hmm. if that's the right way to put it. So that would be that's my, that's my. Like what it. was Swansea thinking? What were Swansea thinking? Think uh, you know, it goes away from what we thought about to start the season about youth. That's the only thing I, I thought. About. I mean, he's, he's been fantastic, Rangel. I really rate him as a player. I think he's been so important to the transformation of the team. But it has gone away well, you from. You need a bit of everything, no, don't I agree. you? I agree you completely. need a bit of everything. Mark, your highlight. Um, so uh, the easy one, you know, could be something like the win versus Villa. Actually, because I think, like the Wigan game, that was uh, you know that was a, a, a turning point for our season. I think the win against Villa, however, Ooh. showed that actually against proper opposition, no disrespect to Wigan, but against proper opposition, um, yeah, we actually can can stand in their faces and the, the and home compete. win, not the away win, the home, correct, the home win last year, yeah, is, the, yeah, the home win, and and actually I think that home win that's the only time this year Villa haven't scored away from home. Um, so I think that was a, that's a good one, but actually the highlight I chose first of all happened on the f- on New Year's Day, uh, and it was Paul Smith's goal oh, against Cardiff. Yes, because we you know we we'd seen Paul Smith, we'd heard a lot about him. You know, a, a lot was made of him when he came, 
Uh, and and you know, he didn't get a game, didn't get a game, didn't get a game. Came in against Cardiff, and that goal he scored when he burst down the left hand side, cut in, uh, and under pressure from Bamba, I think it was, uh, put it in the bottom corner. I think we thought, okay, he's, he's a decent player. Uh, and then he scored another one. I can't remember who he scored against with the outside of his right foot uh, on the right hand side at the loft end. I can't Sheffield remember who Wednesday. did it. Was it Sheffield Wednesday? Sheffield Wednesday. That was we a scored tremendous three in the first finish. 10 minutes, yeah. um, and you think, well, he's a good player. Mm. Um, and he still is a good player, just he needs to run the team. But I think that was a highlight when you think, yeah, okay, we've unearthed one here. Um, right, Finney's was progress of Ezzy. I, I was just is, going to say, if I can have a reserve one, yes, could it be Izzy? Yes, you can. Yes, Izzy. I mean, uh, I'm surprised we haven't mentioned him yet, actually. I mean... Uh, I, he did something on Saturday, which I just thought was you know he was he was in the left back position, and and it would look as like he was kind of trying to clear the ball in the wrong direction, turned round somehow and waltzed past two people, and then got fouled. But how how do you do that? I mean, how do you actually do that? I mean, what what skill does he have to be able to you know just. It doesn't even look fast. Mm. But somehow, how does he do it? Don't look at me. Well, you know more about football than I know. He's just a fan, you know. I mean, I, I, just, I just... I don't understand how he can... He just waltzes past people. I mean, there is a little bit of the Tarabs against him. He's the QPR you know, number him. 10. That's what he is. He's the typical QPR number 10. A QPR number 10. That's in the exactly tradition of Bowles and Marsh and Wegley. Give him time. Yeah. Give him time. Give him absolutely. Him time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and actually, I was surprised he didn't get kicked into Rosette on Saturday. Because if any team were going to kick him all over the park, Ooh, that was one of them. Uh, and, and you're right, Christian. I think the way he waltzes past people with the ball that appears to be tied to his shoelaces, oh. um, it's just immense. And I've not seen that down there for a while. Um, but you're right. You know, we have to take time with him. And be patient. You know, and be patient. And go missing uh, a little bit. Uh, because you've got to protect your assets. And frankly, if we've got to sell people in the future, he's one of them. So we've got to keep him And, and what safe. they're doing, again, through uh, necessity, is they're developing him and coaching him whilst he's playing. They're not just getting him on the training pitch. He will make his mistakes in games. He will go missing in games. He won't pull his weight in all the games. But they're coaching him and developing as he's in the team. And yeah. I think everybody needs to appreciate that a little bit as well. Uh, right, T- time is upon us. The last bit is Christmas wishes. Finney's Christmas wish is it's probably going to nick half of you. And I won't say the obvious one. Six goals in the Boxing Day match he wants. Just, I think he means for us to put six past Ipswich, not for it to be a 4-2 win six, for Ipswich six or a 5-1 win for Ipswich. And mine is probably nicking someone else's. I would love to get two... I would love to get one token for an FA Cup third round win <laughs> in my Christmas stocking. That I, is my wish for Christmas. I would like to see uh, the sight of young Paul Smith again. I mean, just to see him in the team and uh, give him a chance, and and Bright as well. I mean, yeah. both of them. Uh, you know, I'd like to see both of them at some point in the next four games. We've got four games. There's a lot of games. There's a lot of games. Uh, you know, actually, Pav has been wonderful, and it's difficult to drop Pav. Uh, he adds a lot more than he's great defensively. Have you noticed how good he mm. is defensively? I mean, he really does work hard. So it is a bit. 
difficult to drop him. But I would love to see Paul or um, Bright. Memo to McLaren, us saying we would like to see a few more of the kids is not the same as <laughs> making wholesale changes for the Leeds match. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, John, your Christmas wish. Okay, mine is, now the financial fair play has been sorted out, my wish list is I do not want to go back to the old style like years ago where we were spending for fun, bringing in overrated players on high wages. My wish list is let's do it the QPR way. Keep going now, we're going now. Great. Mark? Um, I have two, sorry. Um, The first one is for a poncho. Uh, because um, those of us that uh, sit in the paddocks um, have... Uh, 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 you know, we're brave, so you have to be brave to be a QPR fan after all, or a little bit daft, one of the two. But the conditions we had in there on Saturday were appalling. So I'd like a poncho, please, to try and stay at least a little bit dry um, the next time it rains. Um, there was a couple. one guy there wearing shorts, by the way. Uh, well, I, th- I don't think he wore his lucky shorts on Saturday, but he wears shorts in there, even at the most worst conditions. So fair play to him as well. <laughs> but actually, the, the main Christmas present I want, and this is going to sound really strange, is that I don't want the last five games to matter. I just want us to not have to worry about looking over our shoulder. The last, if you think about the, the last, last five two, games of the season. Yeah, right, the last, yeah. If you look at the last two seasons... Season before, we collapsed and we avoided relegation by the skin of our teeth. Last year, we were constantly looking over our shoulder as well. What's wrong this season with a bit of mid-table obscurity? I think we'd love to get flirt with the playoffs. Christian, as you said, realistically, we probably won't. But let's just not have to worry about what's happened in the last five games of the season. Well, we weren't worried that season before last. and It was like when you're downloading a programme onto your computer and you're 99%. And then we waited nine weeks for that last one percent. <laughs> Inexplicable. It anyway. was it was close, but let's just hope that we're we're going to be. We're not going to go down. You're right, but let's just have a nice end to season where we're not stressed. And, and a win at Nottingham Forest. I thought somebody was going to say. See, that. I was trying to avoid that. <laughs> I thought someone was going to say. Right. So the last bit now. We always do predictions, but there's probably going to be at least four games, if not five games, before our next podcast. Because we're not doing a podcast on Christmas Day, people. Um, uh, and but so between now and uh, when we will next uh, speak to everyone, there's going to be at least four games and probably the Leeds game as well. So if you can somehow summarise, to take us out of the podcast, how you think we will do against Forest, Ipswich, Reading, Villa and for good measure Leeds... Seven points and a fourth round place. Seven points, so you want two two draws home wins and, and one away two wins draw. and a draw, and you'll happily lose one of them, which is going to be Forest, isn't it? Yeah, right, it's going to be Forest. And 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 but but please, 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 can we put out a strong team against Leeds and and get into the fourth round, please? I'll I'll take five points. More than a point a game, I think I'd, I'd be happy with. I don't know if that sounds defeatist. I don't think we will lose to Forest, which I know is still not winning, <laughs> but I don't think we'll lose. And I think they have no option but to absolutely go for it against Leeds because they just it's now getting ridiculous. John? I agree. I'm going to go for seven points, but typical QPR, we're not going to do it the normal way. Um, I'm going to be super optimistic and we're going to get a result on Saturday. 
Um, you mean a win? A win. Yeah. A win. Um, got my lucky charm with us. George is coming. So, oh, good. Um, Very good. So, so, Hi, George. Yeah. He listens, doesn't he? He does, indeed. Hi, George. Every single episode. Before me. So, um, I but, should also say at this point, George is how old? He's 10. He's 10. My eight-year-old nephew, Nathan, also listens. So we do have... We've got some young listeners coming up. So back hi, the podcast. Um, Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Okay, so beat Forest, lose to Ipswich, typical QPR, beat Reading and draw with Villa. And obviously, hopefully, get a result against Leeds and get into the fourth round. Do you round. really believe that in your heart that we'll beat Leeds? I don't think you do. I'm looking at you. I don't think you believe it. I do believe it. I do. I do. <laughs> I do. It's the... Uh, how he spoke in the French forum regarding the team selection, I'm confident he's going to go strong. If he doesn't, then obviously we will lose. He will. He won't. He's not an idiot. He, he will go. He will select a strong team. Mark. Um, start of the season aside and the whole defeat, we're not bad at home. Uh, so I think you've got to look to beat Ipswich and beat Reading. I think you've got to look to beat Leeds as well, actually. Um so in the league games, uh, two wins from the homes, so that's six. Uh, and then do I fancy something out of a Forest or a Villa away? I can't see us getting anything away at Villa, if I'm being honest. Although, I would have, of course, what happened last year last was, year. Uh, you know, was, did, it was yeah. not a bad win. Um, but a different side today. And uh, it would be good to see Jack Grealish stay on his feet, actually, and, uh, and not run around the floor a lot. But I think, I think I'll go for seven. I think we might nick a draw on Saturday. I think, and a win in the cup. And Leeds? A win. Very good. Well, that, that gentleman, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you to everyone who has listened this year. Um, happy Christmas to everyone. Happy New Year. And we hope there are more than seven points, which I think was the maximum anyone went for in the league games. Um, we'll be back in 2019. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for listening. This has been Open All Else. UPR. You've been-